It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Well, I'm excited that today we're launching a brand new series called Chasing Purpose. And uh, we've deliberately chosen this series as we're still at the very um, beginnings of a new year um, where, you know, some of you, maybe you're about to resume university or start university. Um, and, uh, you know, you might be asking, like, am I doing the right course? Is the, is the degree program that I'm enrolled in the right one? I mean, I studied economics and yet here I am leading a church. Go figure. Uh, you might be in a job, you know, a job that you've, or an industry you've been in for many years, and uh, you're wondering to yourself, maybe, some of you, uh, is this the right job for me? Is this the right industry for me? Is there something else I, I might well be doing? You know, I was talking uh, last week with a close friend of mine, and uh, they own their own business, um, and, you know, they do, do good work, um, and they're very good at it, um, but they were just sharing with me how they are somewhat unfulfilled by it the job and the, and the business that they've got, and uh, they're a little bit itchy, a little bit um, wanting to maybe pursue some other things. Um, some of you joining us, uh, you may be approaching retirement, or you maybe have even entered retirement, and whilst your work or your career uh, formed a big part of your life, uh, you might be just wondering, you know, what, what, what's now? What's my purpose now? And so this series is all about that, you know, and it's about this big kind of existential question that those sorts of uh, restlessness and itchiness and, and maybe sort of uh, vacuums that start to appear uh, point to an existential question. Simply, you know, what am I here for? What am I on this earth for? What am I in this city for? What am I here in this time in history for? And it's an it's a incredibly important question. Um, the thing about this question, though, is the answer to the question is very much dependent on who you're asking the question of. You know, if you were to ask maybe big corporations or ad agencies, you know, what am I here for? They might tell you, well, it, it's clearly obvious you're here to consume more stuff. Um, if you asked a financial advisor, you know, what am I here for? He or she uh, might likely tell you, well, it's to earn more money and squirrel away more money. Um, if you were to ask social media, what am I here for? You'd get a different answer again and so on and so forth. This existential question, what am I here for, is super, super important. So I wonder if any of you recognize this? If you can tell me what it is. Maybe drop something in the comments and say, you know, what, what is this? What is this thing I'm holding? Well, spoiler, uh, we call it a splayed. Now, don't have to arm wrestle me. I know some parts of uh, the world, they call this a spork. It was originally called a splayed. And the reason I know that it was originally called a splayed is because it was actually created by William MacArthur in the 1940s. William is from Sydney, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. And uh, he uh, invented, he created this incredibly clever tool, this incredibly clever utensil that's meant to be part spoon, 
part fork, part knife. Bit of like a Swiss army knife for eating. It's called a splayed. Now, just imagine you're an alien and you've just dropped into Earth and you come across this object. Well, look, the, the least qualified person for you to ask what the purpose of this object is would be a fellow alien. And I'd suggest that the best person to ask, if you had access to him, to ask, like, what is this? Not just what it's, is it called, but what is its purpose? Well, that would be the creator. That would be William MacArthur. When he first pulled this out in the 1940s, quite likely people looking at him were like, what in the world is that? And he had to explain it. But he was the best placed to explain it because he was the creator. And that's actually what I want to do today. Looking at purpose, looking at this question, what am I here for? I want to actually take us to our creator and ask him, what's my purpose? Because I believe, given that he's our creator, he's the best placed to answer the question of our purpose. So if you've got your Bible app on another device handy, then hit that. Uh, and uh, I want you to join me. I'm just going to drop us right into just one single verse. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. Now, this is incredibly, an incredibly famous verse. It, 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 typically, every year, it shows up in like the top three most searched for and read verses in the entire Bible, uh, on the entire internet. And uh, I want to drop us in there today. Uh, Jeremiah 29 verse 11. And this isn't Jeremiah speaking. This is God speaking through and using Jeremiah as his mouthpiece. And this is what God declared. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Plans, plans, plans. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to give you a hope and a future. To pro and here's the big idea. If God has a plan, then you and I have a purpose. And that is great news. So our job then is to discover what that purpose is and ask God, you know, these plans you have for me, well, what are they? What is it that you want me to do? And I want, that's what I want to unpack a little this morning. But because this is the start of a new series, and it's actually a four-week series, I want to kind of start today really zoomed out uh, to the helicopter view of God's plans and God's purpose for us. And then over the next few weeks, we'll gradually zoom in. And so the starting point is I want to actually take you to Bible college. Very briefly, come with me to Bible college for one of the big lessons I learned in Bible college. And one of the big lessons I learned in Bible college is that when it comes to God's plans, God's purpose, sometimes it's called God's will. I'm going to just call it God's purpose today. When it comes to God's purpose, there's God's general purpose and God's general purpose is the thing or things he calls all Jesus followers to do and to be. And then there's God's specific purpose. And this is where we get down to the individuality, the things that you or I specifically are called by God to do. So I just want to focus today on God's 
general purpose. You know, in God's general purpose, I kind of like to use the metaphor. That's like the freeway. That's the freeway that God calls all Jesus followers to get on. Get on the, the freeway. I want you all on this freeway. And I want you all heading in this direction. And it's only then as we are on that freeway and moving in God's general direction that we can then navigate over time into the specific lane that God wants for us, God's specific purpose. And the, the rookie mistake when we start talking about chasing purpose is to, first of all, and maybe even exclusively, focus on God's specific purpose. But here's the thing. You can't get into God's specific purpose, the lane that God's called you to, if you're not first on the freeway itself and heading in the right direction. So let's talk today about God's general purpose, the freeway of purpose. And I want to just really quickly show you three things that Paul highlighted that point us to what it looks like to live on God's general purpose, the freeway of God's general purpose, and what direction that might cause us to head it. Now, Paul, uh, we call him the he one of the heavyweights of the early church. He was entrepreneurial. He was launching new churches. And uh, he would communicate with them when he wasn't there in person uh, by the way of a letter. So I just want to show you three things from three separate letters that Paul wrote. Just actually a little slice from each of three letters that Paul wrote, starting with one that he wrote to the church in Corinth. And they were having... Uh, mm, arm wrestles uh, over what they should be able to eat, shouldn't be able to eat, what's, you know, what, what, what does God allow us to eat, what does God forbid us to eat, and it was, you know, it was just back and forth, probably a shouting match, uh, it was in Greece, Greeks like to shout, um, and Paul wrote the letter, a letter to them and was like, listen, <laughs> he just looked, let's major on the major things. And, and he zoomed right out and he said, wrote this to them. As a matter of fact, do everything that way, which is like to honor God. Do everything that way, heartily and freely to God's glory. Do everything to God's glory. That's the, that's the first thing I want to underline today. That one of the ways we can get on God's general freeway of purpose is to bring him glory in everything we do. Now, I want to share a story with you, and uh, I need to give you a warning that during this story, there is a very bad Korean-Australian accent coming. So don't say I didn't warn you. Um, so uh, over the last few months, Louisa, my wife, and I, we've been living um, in, in our home, which has turned into a construction site. We, we've been having an extension done and some renovations done and so on and so forth. And a lot of tradespeople involved, construction people involved coming and going, as you'd imagine. And uh, one of them is, is, uh, is a Tyler. Now, uh, he, well, his name's Peter, and we call him Peter Perfect. And the reason we call him Peter Perfect is, uh, so we've been living on, on site, you know, whilst they've been kind of working around us and us uh, working around them during the, 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 the building and renovation process. And Peter came in as the tiler, 
for his stage of the job and gets into it and gets busy. And anytime he'd see, just catch me out of the corner of his eye, he would drop his tools, run to me and say, come, 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 come. I show, I show you this, I show you this, I show you this. And I'm like, okay, sure, you know. So I follow him and he goes, look, look, perfect, perfect. And he shows me the tiles, perfect. Shows me the grout lines, perfect. Shows me the, the wall finishes, perfect. Everything, perfect. And he just, <laughs> he just keeps saying, perfect. And he says, oh, my English, not good, but my tiling, perfect. And so we call him Peter Perfect. And after, uh, like, maybe later in the first week that he was here doing his perfect tiling, uh, he says to me, he goes, I am Christian. I am Christian. And I do perfect tiling uh, for God and for you. I do it for God and for you. I, I want to uh, bring glory to God. Hallelujah. And I want to do a good job for you, client. And I'm like, man, here's a guy that gets it. Here's a guy that in his job, in his everyday tiling, he wants to make sure he brings God glory. You know, Jesus' followers should be the best workers on the planet, should be the best employees on the planet, should be the best bosses on the planet, should be the best colleagues on the planet, because that brings God's glory. In fact, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I was thrilled to um, be kind of told that one of our team members uh, in his Clark Kent job has actually been awarded the Employee of the Year four years out of a job he's only held for six. So he's, he's batting four from six. And that's, that's so encouraging to me that his entire workforce at his place of employment identify him as the best of the best. Now, he's not the big boss, but he has a commitment that every day in his job, he's going to bring God glory. In contrast, you know, if you're someone that's turning up late uh, with a bad attitude, uh, doing less than what's expected of you, or maybe you, know, you think you're doing a good job just by doing the bare minimum you can get away with, that doesn't bring God glory. Getting on God's free way of purpose is about doing everything, everything we do to bring God glory, parenting to bring God glory. Investing in other people to bring God glory. Serving in our church to bring God glory. Everything to bring God glory. Well, let me move it along. Another thing that Paul wrote, this time is a letter he wrote to the church in Thessalonica. And a little slice of what he wrote to them. By the way, this one might sting a little. He wrote, be cheerful no matter what. Now, you'll notice that entire sentence is underlined. Not just the be cheerful part, but be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time, thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. This is the all Jesus followers on God's general freeway of purpose. Called to be cheerful at all times. Uh, 
again, using my current experience of living on a building site, um, you know, tradespeople, construction workers coming and going. Uh, when I see them, you know, I'm, I'm the affable client. Um, I say, you know, how's it going? How's it going? You know, I've got to know the most of them by name. How's it going? How's it going today? How's it going today? And uh, there's one particular uh, construction worker in the team that when I ask them the question, they will give me one of two very polarizing answers. They will either say, today I'm living the dream or today I'm living the nightmare. And, uh, you know, I'll play along. I'll say, really, if they're living the dream, tell me why. Or if you're living the nightmare, oh, tell me why. And 100% of the reason why they might be either living the dream that day or living the nightmare that day has to do with external circumstances. That their external world is dictating to them how they feel from one day to the next. Do you know someone like that? Are you someone like that? And I'm not talking about denial. You know, negative things, challenging things, disruptive things happen to us. No one's denying that. Uh, I'm not saying every minute of every day you're going to live like the Energizer Bunny, you know, just deflecting uh, emotional punches and, and, and moving along, and every day you're living the dream. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying, however, is that it is possible whilst journeying along God's freeway of purpose, it's actually possible to grow larger on the inside over time. And in the act of growing larger on the inside over time, you will find that there is an inner strength that you form like a muscle that will grow stronger, that will allow you to punch back at cer negative circumstances, that, that will allow you to be more resilient when it comes to difficult, challenging, disruptive things coming your way. You know, maybe it, it, today's Sunday we're not, when, you, when we're joining together here, uh, if you start work tomorrow, it's Monday. You know, instead of letting Monday punch you in the face, how about you front up at work and punch Monday in the face? You know, instead of walking into the break room where it's toxic and gossiping and negative, how about you commit to being an agent of climate change and look at something or someone to say something encouraging and speaking life into? Yeah, you might look like the weirdo initially, but rather than let external people, external forces dictate whether or not you're going to be cheerful, whether or not you're going to be joyful, whether or not you're going to be positive. Allow that to come from the inside. You know, this is how uh, an oven works. And, and by the way, I'm going to put my Captain Obvious hat on. But your oven has both a thermometer and a thermostat. The thermometer is going to tell you what the temperature is, but it has no control over the temperature. So it's useful, but only useful up to a point, because if the temperature's wrong, you can't adjust the thermometer to change the temperature. It just tells you what it is, but can't do anything about it. And so your oven also has a thermostat, and that thermostat is called to regulate temperature. You know, as Jesus followers, I believe that we're called to be thermostats, not just thermometers, that we're not just called to tell what the temperature, what the culture, what the relationship, what the objective, 
how things are going, we're called to actually influence them. We're called to change them. We're called to be thermometers, I mean thermostats, and not thermometers. And then finally, Paul, uh, another thing, another letter he wrote was to the church in Ephesus. And uh, let me drop you into something he wrote to them. God creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him, each of us, on the freeway, all Jesus' followers, on the same freeway, to join him in the work he does, the good work he's gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. Now, we preached a whole series on this uh, maybe about 18 months ago called The Good Work, and you can go back. Uh, it was, this was before our online experience, so you'd have to go back and listen to the podcasts of that if you want to get some more kind of drill into what are the good works that God is doing and calls us to join him in. But, you know, we're just zooming out today. Uh, that's an extra homework for the advanced students. That one of the other ways we can know that we're traveling on God's freeway of purpose and in the right direction is whether we are doing good works. And you probably don't need me to remind you of this, but look, this flies in the face of so much of where our particularly Western culture is heading, our increasingly narcissistic, increasingly self-serving Western culture is heading. This idea that we would commit to doing good works that positively impact other people, even when in some cases there may actually be no return on that investment for us personally, it's countercultural. And yet this is very much something that God calls us all to do if we want to be traveling on his freeway of purpose. So here's a freeway. And by the way, not just any freeway. This is a beautiful uh, freeway in Perth, if there's such thing as a beautiful freeway. Uh, and one of the myths that causes people to get tangled up in knots about this idea of purpose is to try and look, is to think that there's some dot, some, some piece of the pavement, some minuscule, uh, probably maybe even undiscoverable place on that freeway, and, and that's our purpose. And if we don't find that, if we don't find that needle in the haystack, then we, we've missed it. And I hope what I've been able to encourage you with today is the starting point isn't this kind of pinhole, pinhead-sized thing that God kind of sets us up with the idea of thinking it, it exists but will never let us actually find it, Rather that when it comes to purpose, that initially we can focus on God's general purpose, God's freeway of purpose from a general point of view. And I really hope, I really sincerely hope that's actually a relief to many of you. That actually causes some of you to actually untangle yourself uh, from the pressures you may have felt from others or self-imposed uh, around the notion of purpose. What am I here for? So, next week, we're going to continue this series. I'll be preaching again. It's going to be a bit more of a zoomed in on the idea of purpose. I'd love you to join us again. We don't know if we're going to be out of lock 
down in Perth or not, but we'll be here uh, with our online experience either way. And I'd love you to join us, love you to invite a friend to join us as well as we continue to grow and journey and really answer this question of what am I here for? We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love you to join us for one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information about our great Elevate Kids and Elevate Youth environments, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me, and also download our Elevate Church AU app. 